Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Welcome back to the Dean Hawk Leadership Podcast. This is Dean, and I'm so honored to have you guys joining us again this month. Please be sure and share this with any pastor, leader, friends, and rate us. That would be a blessing to us. I want to remind you that if you will mention the Dean Hawk Leadership Podcast and you are interested in going to the um, May or July Ultimate Leadership uh, Conference with Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend, you'll get a 500 discount count on that. My wife just got back two weeks ago, plus one of my uh, other female associate pastors went, had a great encounter, breakthrough, God just doing cool things. I highly recommend that you uh, consider that for your 2022 calendar year. And uh, if you don't know about it, go back and listen to my January podcast with Dr. John Townsend. It'll fill in all the blanks for you. Hey, I just wanted to let you know before we dive into this subject today that we are looking for two staff members to add to our team. One, we're looking for a part-time graphic artist. And uh, you can go to our rockfamilychurch.com website and then under contact on the top menu and jobs, you'll see some applications there or you can fill out that form. But a key position we're looking for is uh, what I would call a connections pastor person. We're looking for someone that's a team builder, a people gatherer. Maybe you've got some experience in small groups, leading volunteer teams, organizational kind of person. Uh, We'd love to talk to you about joining our full-time team, our lead team as a pastoral staff member. So let us know if you are interested. Thank you so much. All right, let's jump into today's topic. We are talking about living in the moment. And I'm going to show my age here because one of the things I've realized as I have gotten older in life is that as a leader of an organization, we are paid to be forward thinkers. And it's our job to strategize and to plan and prepare and continually be looking forward. But all too often, we become too consumed with where we're going that we forget to enjoy the moments, the experiences, and maybe the events of today. And so I see that this happened to me both personally and professionally. And and now as I'm looking back over 40 plus years of ministry, um, I'm done parenting. All my all my kids are adults and I'm having their own families. But I look back at some different moments of where I was anxious for the next step. And if I could tell anyone who's on the younger side of life to live in the moment, enjoy the moment, and enjoy what you're going through. Um, here's what I faced. I don't know if you've been there. When my we launched our church, and my church was 50 to 75 people, I dreamed night and day if we can just pass 100. Oh, I'll be so happy if I could have a church of 100 plus. Well, we got there in, in a relatively short amount of time, and then was I happy and, and celebrating? No, because I really want to get past 200. And then it was, I want to break the 500 barrier. And then it was, well, I just want to grow past 1,000. Well, then it was just grow past 1,500. And so we all find that those places of discontent, 
and not really stopping to enjoy what God has done in us professionally and personally. Uh, it was probably about a year or two ago, my wife Kim was driving on to our, our campus and our property, and, and then she texted me, and, and she just saw everything that God had done, our building, um, all that we have, a 72,000 square foot building, and, and we had just been moving into more and more portions of that as our tenants moved out over the years. And to really just stop and say, look what God has done. Look what we've been able to accomplish for the kingdom work. And not being frustrated that we're not here or we're not there. Well, the same thing happened to me as, as uh, professionally. It happened to me personally. That back when we had kids that were uh, three, what were they? They would have been uh, four, three, and a newborn. And all we could think is if we can just get through this age and stage of life, if we can just get rid of having diapers, we felt like we'd get a, this raise if we weren't buying diapers. And then it was like, well, if they can just walk so we don't have to carry them everywhere. Well, then it was if they could just communicate so that we could do that. Then it was, well, if they could just be in school, you know, then, then Kim would have some time in her day if we could just get them all in school. And so we, we all face these different approaches in life. And, and then if we could just get one of them driving so that they could run the shuttles and help us with the pickups. But here's what I'll tell you. Uh, my my primetime parenting days are, are long gone. Those are some very valuable and precious times and days and seasons with your kids. And I heard it when I was young and I didn't listen to it. And maybe you won't either. But here's what I know. Each of those seasons of life with our family, in our marriage, with our kids, are valuable seasons of life. And just be sure, we still can look forward but just be sure that we try and stop and enjoy what God is doing. I was sharing with a friend just last week. We were talking about when our church was small. And, and I was remembering that when we used to do a big day, bring a friend day. And when our church was running 100, 200 people, we had just one service. And we could... Uh, cater in a meal and we encourage people to invite their friends and it was maybe the start of a of a new teaching series a series on marriage something that was really going to help people in their day-to-day -day living and every time we would do a friend day and a, and a free lunch our church would just take a bump and then we'd go along and another the next quarter we'd do another friend day well I would love to do a friend day, but to serve a meal and multiple meals and early services and late services, it's not practical to do. And I look back and I cherish those seasons of ministry that we had where we could be even a little bit more personal than we could when we're larger. And so I want to encourage you and just give you five big ideas of how we can live in the moment. And there's the age-old saying that if you're not happy where you are, you'll never be happy where you're going. And we need to stop and pause and enjoy those times and seasons. And I love what Ecclesiastes chapter 5 says. It's, this is out of the message version. It says, after looking at the way things are on this earth, here's what I've decided is the best way to live. Take care of yourself. Have a good time. And make the most of whatever job you have for as long as God gives you life. And that's about it. That's the human lot. 
Yes, we should make the most of what God gives, both the bounty and the capacity to enjoy it, accepting what's given and delighting in the work. It's God's gift. God deals out joy in the present, the now. It's useless to brood over how long we might live. That's Ecclesiastes 5, 18 through 20 out of the Message Bible. And so what does it look like to live in the moment? Here are five big ideas. Number one, cherish the season of life you're in right now. Be thankful for what you do have and not consumed by what you don't have. Hug your wife and kids a little tighter tonight. Um, um, when, you read, when you read their bedtime favorite book, read all the pages and not just some of them. That was one of my daughter's things. She said, Daddy, would you read all the words tonight? Many of you as pastors, it's so easy to get caught up in the work of the ministry to forget to slow down, to look people in the eye, to greet them in the lobby, to give them a handshake, to give them a hug, to give them some verbal affirmation and, and let them know how much you love and you appreciate them. I'm always reminded of Jesus on the day he was out in the wilderness and, and 5,000 men plus women and children had gathered to hear him speak and it's getting late in the day, and the disciples said, we need to let them go so they can get some food. Jesus said, as you know, give them something to eat. They said, we have five loaves, two fishes. I'm always reminded that Jesus had an abundance of lack. He didn't have enough for people, but he thanked God for what he did have. God, I thank you for these five loaves. I'm thankful for these two fishes. And that's when we learn to be content, as Paul said in Philippians chapter 4. He said, I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. He ends with, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Big idea number two on living in the moment is make today your highest priority. Here's the way I would put it. We often allow yesterday or tomorrow to hijack our today. Make today your highest priority. Don't allow the issues of the past to steal your joy. The past is, is what it is, and regret will only weight you down and hinder you today. And then we can become so focused on the future that we don't enjoy the moments that we have today. And we don't allow the, uh, and make sure that we don't allow the, the pending demands of tomorrow to distract us from the good that is happening right in front of us, that is happening at this moment in time. You know, they say, I think it's around 80 to 85%, might even be higher than that. I don't remember the actual number of things that we worry about, things that we get anxious about, never even come to pass. And so that's why in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus challenges us, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow, it's going to worry about itself. And each day has enough of its own trouble. Thirdly, be present in the moment. If you're at your kid's soccer game, or let's say you're at your kid's soccer practice, and you're there, and it's too far to, to drop them off, go home, and come back. So you're going to hang out. Hang out on the sidelines and even encourage them during practice. Watch what skills they're, and drills they're going through so you can reproduce those at home. Keep the phone in the car. Keep your phone in your pocket. Because as with all of us, 
electronics tend to impede of us being present in the moment. That if you're um, making eye contact, you're focused on the person and the people that you're in front of you. I, I actually had a lunch and it was, I can honestly say it was probably over a year and a half ago. So no one that I've had lunch can say, ooh, was that me? But I'll never forget, I had a lunch, and if I know some of you are watching video, some of you are just audio, but I have my Apple Watch, and, and, and Apple Watches are great, but when your text and your emails ding and come through on your watch, it causes a massive distraction. I didn't catch what was going on because at the time, I didn't own an, an Apple Watch, and I'm eating lunch with this guy, and I'm trying to have a conversation, but he, he kept looking at his watch. And he kept looking at his watch. And I'm like, is he anxious? Is he in a hurry? We just got here. We just sat down. And then about 20 minutes in, when he would pause and then he would scroll, he was reading his text. It was massively disrespectful. I felt like if you want to go talk to them, go talk to them. But you're being rude to me. But yet I know I've been rude to others. But maybe I've checked a phone text. Kim and I are still working and navigating as a marriage couple and, and electronic boundaries. And, and that when we sit down in the evenings to put our phones out of range, that, that we can just have a good conversation and, and be focused with each other. For you to be focused with your family meals. For you to be focused with your, with your time with your kids. Um, and just, just making sure that you are being present. I heard this quote, and they said, living in the moment, it's a gift, and that's why they call it the present. Living in the moment, it's a gift. That's why they call it the present. Make sure you are present with those that you are around. Make sure that you're present with your 10-year-old daughter and that you're building that great relationship for when she's 20. And in conversation with church members around your church, make sure that you're present with them and that you're, you're giving them eye contact and you're not so distracted about what's happening next in your schedule of services that morning. And then number four, live every day. How do you live in the moment? Live every day with no regrets. And here's the way I would describe it. If today was my last day on earth, would I have any regrets? Would I have any things that I wished I had said, wished I had done, wished I had accomplished, wished that I had uh, told someone I love you today when maybe I did yesterday, but I hadn't yet today. Live every day with no regrets. Here's the way I would say it. Live every day with the pedal to the metal, making sure you're making the most of each day that God gives you here. And then lastly, number five, embrace the emotions of the day rather than stuffing them for another one. What do you mean by that? Well, sometimes we're so goal-oriented and so driven for the next mountain to climb that we fail to stop and enjoy and celebrate the victories of today. And we, 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 we climb a mountain, we say, yeah, that was cool, but let's climb this mountain. Well, let's stop and enjoy and let that emotion be expressed. Look what God did. Look what we were able to accomplish. Look at the goodness and the favor of God. Or when we experience the heartache or the pain 
that we look towards tomorrow so we don't have to feel the pain of today. I want to encourage you to embrace the emotions of the day rather than attempting to stuff or save them for another day. Take some time each day to unpack your emotional trunk. And I want you to finish this statement. Today I felt. Maybe do it with your spouse each night. Maybe do it with your, at your family meals and share those feelings. Today I felt mad. Today I felt anxious. Today I felt happy. What is that and what caused those emotions to come? And as we face loss and grief or victory and celebrations, I believe it'll help us to enjoy and to, to rejoice over the small wins and the small things of life. To be able to celebrate. My daughter made the soccer team today. My son got his driver's license today. My wife got a promotion. Whatever that is. Or, or maybe it's some bad news that, that gas I mean, who knows where our gas prices are going to go up and, and there's true sorrow and there's regret there and trying to navigate that. Don't stuff your emotions. Something I learned by being in the Ultimate Leadership Conference with, with Dr. Cloud and Townsend is that when we stuff, it usually sets us up for an explosion and then we kind of pop our emotions off. Let's make sure that we're sharing our emotions. We're letting those things out and making the most and living in the moment. Thanks guys for joining us. Check out DeanHawk.com for all of my free sermon resources. We're continually uploading brand new sermon series and we hope that you will enjoy those. Spread the word, share this with someone that you think would benefit from it. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today. For free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.